Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone. Paul Marquis here from Ortho Eval Pal, and we are at episode 139. And today we're going to be talking about what a Baker's cyst is and or a popliteal cyst, and uh, we'll be talking about who gets them, why they get them, how you treat them, and we'll also talk about some of the common signs and symptoms that you see in people who have a Baker's cyst. But before we get started, I'd like to just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. A good night's sleep is what everybody needs. Fresh rest bedding will keep you comfortable all night. Our advanced textiles and weave wicks moisture and also regulates body temperature. This design, coupled with our all-natural organic antimicrobial, eliminates 99.9% of odor-causing bacteria, as well as dust mites, which are an allergen to many. Because our bedding stays fresh longer, it is eco-friendly, as it only requires washing once a month on average. This bedding is also known for its incredible softness. Our antimicrobial is all-natural and organic. No metals, waxes, chemicals, or nanos. Our sheets will never leach onto or into your skin ever. These sheets are safe for your entire family. Fresh Rest is designed and engineered by Main Lee Technology Group, based in Wells, Maine, and our sheets are made for the USA. Fresh Rest Bedding is only available for purchase through our e-commerce website by visiting freshrestbedding.com. Once again, that's freshrestbedding.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So it's that time of year where some of you students are getting ready to sit for your boards, and I just wanted to say um, I wish you the best of luck. I remember how stressful that was 28, 29 years ago when I had taken my test. Um, long days, long nights, lots of studying, um, lots of hard work that you, you put into getting ready for this test, and uh, I just wish you all the best of luck and, um, you know, study hard Try to relax before you take that test and uh, do your best. That's all you can do. Um, so on with our show today. We are going to be talking about the Baker's cyst. A lot of us are, are pretty familiar with what it is and where it's located. But I first want to just kind of backtrack a little bit, get back to the basics and talk about some anatomy first. Um, so, you know, we have this tibiofemoral joint, okay, basically our knee joint. Uh, and surrounding that knee joint, we have this capsule, this synovial capsule. Um, and that capsule helps to produce, you know, lubrication for the joint. And then it also helps to hold that tibiofemoral joint together, okay? It's very tight um, structure, uh, very cord-like, and it's a, it's more plastic-like fibers than they are elastic-like fibers. Um, and they really help to hold everything together in regards to your knee. Um, your knee does have some dynamic stability to it, but the knee, different than other joints, um, is more ligamentous in structure, okay? And so that can, that can cause your knee to get tight, especially if you build up some fluid inside of this capsule, all right? So, Think of that capsule like a water balloon. The more water you put into the water balloon, the tighter that balloon gets, right? And so it's pretty much the same thing with your knee. The other thing is that this capsule, you know, has, there's pressure inside of that knee. So it is pressurized somewhat. And um, and, and what the way I want to describe a Baker's cyst is basically like blowing a bubble. 
you take, you know, a, a lot of bubble gum. I haven't done this in a long time, but you, when you blow a bubble, think about how tight that bubble is next to your lips, but then that bubble gets bigger and bigger and bigger as it gets away from your mouth. And a Baker cyst is basically the same thing, but on the back of the knee. So basically there is an increase in pressure that causes the backside to kind of break through um, that posterior capsule and cause this this cyst back there. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the signs and symptoms of a Baker's cyst. So number one, it's pain in the posterior aspect of the knee. Now one thing you need to remember is that there are many sources of posterior knee pain. You can have a posterior meniscus tear. You can have hamstring pain. You can have a popliteus tendonitis. Um, and anything else that causes increased pressure inside your knee or swelling intra-articularly can, can cause increased swelling and basically push that, you know, that uh, tissue out the back and that fluid out the back. The second sign or symptom would be... Um, a lump in the back of the knee. So you can feel this ganglion cyst most of the time. Um, this, I, I say ganglion cyst, it's just like a ganglion cyst on the wrist. Okay, so you can feel this soft, squishy um, tissue back there. If somebody has a lot of swelling, it can actually be quite hard. It'll be painful, um, and uh, but you can feel this lump back there. Next, you're going to see people with a loss of motion. That capsule becomes full, okay? So if you take a normal knee with somebody sitting there in full extension and you take a syringe and you just fill that knee with fluid, please don't try this at home. You fill that knee with fluid and what's going to happen is the knee is going to automatically go into about you know, 10, 15, 20 degrees of flexion. That is the loose pack position of the knee. Okay, So when, it, when you see somebody come in with a flexed knee posture, you have to be somewhat suspicious that there is something causing it to stay flexed. And sometimes it's just swelling alone. Um, and so when that capsule is full, um, that knee goes into that loose pack position. They're going to have a hard time. They're going to have a hard time flexing that knee because that cyst is going to get pinched back there. You're causing more pressure. And then you're also going to have a hard time getting into full extension because you're just fighting that loose pack position. And therefore, you know, if you keep that position long enough, that posterior capsule, you know, starts to kind of harden and become stiff. And then it, it gets hard to gain that extension again. So ultimately, when people have a decrease in that Baker cyst, you want to try to make sure they get their extension back. That's very important. Uh, the next thing that you'll see with these folks is that they're going to have a sense of stiffness in their knee. They're going to have a hard time bending it and straightening it. They're going to say, when I sit for a long time and I go to get up, it's hard to straighten it out and vice versa. If they keep it straight, let's say like in bed or on a couch, and then they they go to bend it. It's it's painful to bend and stiff. And so those are very uh, you know common signs and symptoms. Now there are many others you know like clicking and snapping and popping and those types of things. But those come from some of the underlying problems that cause the Baker's cyst. So why do people get them? Um, I'll tell you right now from experience. When I see somebody with a Baker's cyst, I first assume that they have arthritis. And you'll see this more common in elderly people um, who are developing osteoarthritis. Uh, and these folks are the, the, the more common folks who will have a Baker's cyst. Now, there are other issues and other injuries that can cause a Baker's cyst. So basically anything that causes intra-articular swelling, so anything inside the joint, you know, like an ACL tear, a meniscus tear, a chondral lesion, uh, all of these things cause bleeding inside the joint and swelling inside the joint and therefore increase the pressure and can make you susceptible to um, a Baker's cyst. But you see it a little bit more in the elderly population because 
as the pressure increases, that tissue back there, you know, it's just, it's not as strong as it used to be. So it breaks through a little bit easier. Um, and you'll see that chronic swelling cause that. How do you treat it? Well, in the past, it was common to see people receive surgery for this and they just have a removal of the cyst well guess what that cyst would come back um we've we've done some treatment like iontophoresis and phonophoresis ultrasound icing those types of things people have had them injected um and to be honest with you you know in in order to get rid of the cyst you need to take care of the underlying problem. And oftentimes that might mean a total knee replacement, maybe a meniscectomy or a meniscus repair, ACL repair, anything that is causing that um, that effusion, you want to kind of uh, get rid of that source. The other thing that you need to do if a patient just is not able to get the source taken care of, okay, the source of the problem taken care of, you want to do things like, you know, avoidance activities, you want to avoid deep squatting, you don't want to do a lot of hyperextension activities, you want to avoid repetitive motion. Um, exercise is important, your knee needs dynamic stability, okay, um, if you're if your capsule is not good and your joint is rotten and it's just really not working for you, you really need to keep the muscles surrounding your knee strong. And that's important. So when we exercise, folks, we make sure that we uh, try to keep them in a more pain-free position to strengthen the quads and hamstrings, calf muscle especially. We work on a lot of hip work to help build stability at the hip uh, so that the knee doesn't take up uh, you know, so much pressure. And so uh, that is very important that you don't flare that knee up while you're exercising. And there are all kinds of ways to do it. If they don't have great range of motion, you know, jump on a bike that has a modified pedal so that you're not going through such a large range of motion. Uh, you're avoiding the full extension, avoiding the full flexion. You want to avoid twisting and pivoting type activities um, just to not aggravate it. And sometimes, you know, anti-inflammatories, non-steroidals, things of that sort can help. Uh, Voltaren cream, uh, you know, can help decrease that inflammation a little bit if there's no way to take care of the underlying problem. Um, so that is it for our show today. I hope you enjoy the content. Uh, please um, keep your eyes open. We have a new blog coming out. I've never blogged before, but I'd like to start. I think it's a great way to get information out there to you folks and um, just to really uh, you know spread all that information uh, out there. We've got some new videos coming. Uh, coming our way too and uh, we have a lot of new ones that have just come up this week so make sure you check that out the links are in the show notes please give us a rating and review on apple podcast spotify or any other place that you uh, listen to podcasts and listen to the ortho evalpal podcast show and um you know stay tuned as soon as we can get over this this covid business we are going to be continuing with our live courses uh, you know talking about shoulder dysfunction upper extremity dysfunction uh, we'll be doing some uh, blood flow restriction therapy certification courses and um, of course uh, online we can continue doing our uh, coaching and mentoring um, just make sure that you uh, you uh, take a look at our website you can get all that information on what we do what we talk about and how we can make your life a little bit better as a healthcare provider in the field of orthopedics so again folks thank you so much for listening I really appreciate you being there and um, supporting us and I hope you all have a great week take care we hope you've enjoyed the show for some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there. <laughs>